Uh, welcome to, I don't know why I said it like that, I just felt like I needed to start with a big bang, um, but welcome to this week's episode, or this month's episode of the Sensat podcast. I honestly don't know what number this is, it's either two, three, four, five, or six, I haven't really been listening to all of them. You'll probably notice that the voice is slightly different to the last one, it's not Harry Atkinson, my name's James Fricker, I'm the Managing Director of Sensat. Um, and I'm joined by Mr. Cosgrove. Um, Jimmy, James, which one do you prefer? I think you know the answer. I think you know it's Jimmy. Jimmy Donny Cosgrove, uh, the famous celebrity author. Do we say author or writer? Writer. What's the difference? Um, author's in book form and a writer, a script writer is on television or film. A script writer. And uh, you wrote, Warren, the uh, smash hit comedy series starring Martin Clunes, didn't you? Yes, I did. I wrote a BBC One sitcom this year called Warren with Martin Clunes. Uh, I didn't write it with Martin Clunes. I wrote it with a, a writing partner. But, um, yeah, Martin was in it. Yeah. Well, how, did, how did that go? Um, how bad is bad? Define bad for me. Well, it was worse than that. Ooh. Um, <laughs> the Times called it the final nail in the sitcom coffin. Uh, the Guardian said it was dire. And the Telegraph said, if you can stomach half an hour of this, I'll give you 15 quid. Well, it's a good job you found yourself a new career at Senza, isn't it? Absolutely. Well done. Good to have you. Uh, well, uh, I wanted to introduce today's topic. We're going to be talking about mental health. So we'll probably get quite deep at certain points. Um, so uh, if our listeners find it difficult at any point, you can just pause it, which is quite nice. And then come back to it at a later date. Make sure you do come back because there'll be some good nuggets towards the end. Um, but Jimmy, actually, before we kind of dive into it, you brought this subject up with me, didn't you? It's something that you wanted to talk about. So t tell me why you wanted to talk about this. Um, well, uh, very sadly, over the weekend, uh, a family friend um, died, um, committed suicide, sadly. And um, I didn't really know how I could help um, and the only really way that possibly I could help other people is by talking about my problems. Um, I hope it's not too self-indulgent to say that, but I just I don't really know how else that I could help people. Um, but maybe the best way of saying, okay, I suffer as well, and it's okay, and talk talk to me. If you know, I don't really know Jamie, but I just felt I didn't know how to help, and this might be the best option. Firstly, I'm sorry to hear the news over the weekend when we messaged last night and you brought that with me. Obviously, it's, it must be quite a difficult time for you. And I think from my experience within the workplace, I've, I've definitely witnessed people struggling or, or finding it difficult to talk about these types of things. So I think it's good that we can put a bit of a spotlight on it. And, and hopefully the next kind of 10, 15, 20 minutes will kind of highlight some of the ways that we can talk about different things and the reasons why. But I mean, I, mean, I first met you, what, maybe six, seven years ago? Mm-hmm. 2013 I 2013 think. you made me laugh then which was good um and, and comedy's always been a big part of your life do, do, do you think that you use that as an outlet as a channel uh, as a channel for hiding the mental health no, no I don't think so no no I don't think so actually Jamie I think I use comedy because I like it and I like making people laugh I don't think I use it to hide behind anything um but I think where I um I'm quite an outgoing person. It's very noticeable when I'm kind of a bit down and a bit in, on a dark day. Yeah. Um, so th that's quite obvious to other people. A lot of other people always say, you know, oh, what's up with you today? Mm. And because they, they don't know because I'm not open about it. And um, I hope this is the start of saying, 
I just don't really want to talk to you today. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's like it's it's often the case, isn't it, that people who probably have the biggest personalities are often people that are struggling the most, and and I think that it's 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 good to try and put a spotlight on these different areas so people can recognize this within the workplace because it, it is okay not to be okay and it's about recognizing that what what was the kind of the tipping point for you with your own personal journey in terms of recognizing that um when i was 15 i was diagnosed with depression and um i was still at school mm. and uh, this was 99 2000 sort of time right so there wasn't really, I don't think school really know what to do. Mm. My mum and dad didn't really know what to do. There was an option to go on medication, but they chose, um, as my guardians, to uh, do some counselling, which I did for a few weeks, um, six weeks or so. And I suppose I quite liked it because I got Friday mornings off work, <laughs> off school, sorry. Um, and um, then it kind of, I kind of was flirting with it for a while, and then I got diagnosed in my second year of uni again. Um, with depression and uh, the tipping point was really I was just having panic attacks uh, quite a lot um, couldn't really breathe um, I remember I had a panic attack in Asda and it was crazy I didn't I didn't know what to do and um, my mum basically said you aren't going back to university yeah. until you've been to the doctor so she kind of gave me an ultimatum um, and I went to the doctor and, and was diagnosed and had some medication and, and that's when the official journey started I'll, I'll call it because the 15 yard I can't really remember that one yeah that okay. well but th- that one I certainly do remember I mean what a you know, credit to your mum to recognize that as well and I guess that must have been a, a bit of a sign for you as well I guess to to put kind of such an impression on on you to to, to look at getting that resolved did it feel that way at the time or or did it feel like it was more of a burden and a chore I don't think I actually realized how down I was yeah until the medication started kicking in about four or five weeks later. Right. Um, and I felt like a new person. I felt like I didn't actually know who this person was that I'd become because mm. it felt like maybe I'd been depressed for probably longer than I realised. Yeah. So um, I, I'm obviously grateful for it now, but at the time I was just like, oh, I'll just go and see the doctor and shut her yeah, up yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I want to go back to uni because I don't like being at home because it's boring. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I guess for the listeners that don't know uh, Jimmy Donny Cosgrove, uh, he likes to be, you know, uh, prefixed with famous celebrity and and uh, published uh, writer. So I won't use that throughout the podcast because it would take too long. Um, but you're a big character, you know. You, as you've mentioned, you like to make people laugh. Um, you enjoy other people's company. And I guess going from 15 to, you know, university, they're kind of key areas where you can, you know, make people laugh and have an impression on in such a big way. Did, did you find that when depression kind of came over you, that actually made things more difficult to make people laugh? No, actually, I didn't find it. I just found it more difficult to um, interact or to be interacted with. Mm. Or, um, I didn't like being on my own but I didn't want to talk to people when I was with them so mm. it was kind of quite a difficult stage really where I was stuck in the middle yeah. uh, and of course when you're around people and you're not yourself people notice and it starts to affect them as well which mm. is quite unfair but also you know they'll sort of say oh I can't stand it when you're like this and 
uh, and you can't really help it. There's it's, it's a lot of difficulty there that's being stuck in the middle. Mm. What I'm quite interested in, actually, and I think what would help the situation, put a big colour on if you don't mind explaining, I guess some of the symptoms that you might show or, or might manifest itself in, in yourself when you are having depression. And you mentioned the kind of a couple that you become a little bit more, maybe with more withdrawn, you become a bit sad. But what else might people see in somebody who has depression? Um, I think just probably not very visibly not being how they are normally. Mm. I mean, I think everybody puts a front on. Everyone will do that for whatever, you know, whatever reason. But I think we do that as humans. Um, But possibly, you know, if you notice somebody is a bit quieter or um, is a bit more sullen, doesn't really want to go out, is avoiding work, uh, is avoiding the pub or using the pub too much, you know, um, things like that. I don't really know how... You might be the best person to answer how how you think I am hmm. when I'm feeling quite sad. Yeah, um, that might be actually an answer. To the question for you, back at you. What do you think about me when I when you notice and you do notice? Yeah, and I do, and I, I think for for me, having known you a long time, when you're uh, when you're kind of going through a bout of where you're not enjoying life as much as you normally do you're always the life and soul of the party. So I think there's a couple of things that's quite interesting um, for the mannerisms that you, I guess, exude in many ways. You know, you'll come into the office, you'll bound about, you'll say hello to everyone, you'll, you know, offer people cups of tea. Not me, but you'll offer everybody else a cup of tea. Um, and the, the moment you, you kind of, you don't bound into that office, you don't have that glow and aura about you. Um, I, I almost think there's two sides to it because there's one is that everybody looks to Jimmy Donny Cosgrove for the laugh. Um, and that's why I kind of started with the question in terms of does your comedy mask your depression in many ways? Because that must also carry a bit of a weight behind it because actually when you do become depressed, I noticed that, that it does seem like there is a weight behind that, that people are looking you almost expectingly, Jimmy's going to make a gag in a minute, Jimmy's going to make a gag in a minute. And because you don't, uh, and because I know you, I know Jimmy needs some space and some time and support. Um, that, I guess that's kind of the, the way that I notice those things. You're just very quiet and withdrawn. Um, does any of the, that, that kind of resonate with you? Uh, yeah, I think... Um, I think I can't speak for other people, but I certainly when I am having a, a, a bout of depression that I do withdraw and sometimes I don't get out of bed and sometimes coming to work is literally the last thing I want to do. Um, but it passes and that's the key mm. is that it might take a week, it might take a month, it might take a day, but it does pass. Yeah. And uh, I speak to a counsellor once a month. I go and speak to someone once a month just to talk because I think it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. And you shouldn't have to always talk to your mates all the time. You should actually probably talk to a professional because they will, let's try and monitor this and make sure. Sometimes, you know, they'll ask me, how was the last week? And I'll get my diary out. And some of the days are very dark when I'm telling them. Yeah. And he, you know, he'll say, well, what happened? And I said, I just was felt all right again. Yeah. And it just passes. It does pass. And I guess that's a nice thing. I guess to to think about that light at the end of the tunnel but what you've mentioned there is that you do talk uh, and the studies have suggested that actually you know 48% said that they would not talk to their employer about mental health I mean that's quite quite a big stat so you know half of you know our employees here is we're a growing organization we're up to about 40 to 20 of our employees would not talk about mental health that's a, that's a big stat so how what would you 
what would you encourage them to do other than you know the obvious which is talk but you've mentioned a couple of things it doesn't have to be with um with your friends or, or colleagues well, potentially i think your employer has to know um in a previous job a few years ago i got on very well with my boss um but Thank you. uh different boss i'm afraid um uh, he didn't know that I was that I suffered with mental health problems, uh, and when I told him, um, he said, "I'm very sorry to hear that, but maybe you shouldn't work here because it's quite a high, stressful place." And it was a f- I didn't I absolutely did not want to hear that. I wanted to hear yeah. everything's okay, and that's because of we're not educated enough or we're not um, taught enough about mental health and how to react to that. And um, you know, it was quite a disappointing response. Mm. Um, and it, so that it does encourage other people to then think, okay, well, I won't say anything then. But I think you've got to, and I think as soon as there are, as, as soon as you're aware, if your boss is aware that some days you're just going to be like, look, I just, can you just let me get on my work today? I'm going to put my headphones on. I don't really want to do, you know, anything. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's the truth. I don't want to do anything some days. But I think, and you know, and also if you can afford it, and it's and it's very lucky that I can, is go and speak to a professional. Yeah whether it's a, a grief counsellor, whether it's a, um, anxiety, a hypnotherapy, something like that, yeah. go and speak to someone. Um, I probably wouldn't go to my GP first. I would probably go to a GP after I'd spoken to somebody else. Yeah, uh, I think like some, some of the things you've touched upon there, Jimmy, um, absolutely resonate with myself and when I came into this business and, uh, and you know, having a few people in the office with, with various different things that were coming to me, um, but not fully being able to open up and talk about it. And, you know, I think it's something like 95% of employees who call in sick with stress actually give a different reason, yeah. um, which is, you know, worrying. And I think, you know, the story you've just told there about uh, an old uh, boss of yours you know, not recognizing, not understanding is actually quite detrimental because it almost has that knock-on effect uh, for, for people not to speak up. So I think actually from an em- employer's perspective, it's important that they start to recognize these types of issues. They understand them. Um, uh, w- w- would you agree with those? that? It's really difficult because when you don't have mental health problems, it's really easy just to go to call bullshit really and say, oh, that's yeah. not... He, he's he's putting that on or whatever and, it, and it's I was actually with friends recently a few weeks ago and they had a, a person at their work that was off stress for two weeks and they all worked together and they were all saying oh yeah so it's rubbish and I kind of just stuck up for this guy and said you actually don't know because there's there's nothing you know you can't you can't call that you have to give people the benefit of the doubt and if people aren't well and are feeling sad or feeling stressed the last thing you want is to you know the last thing you need is for people at work to think you're lying. And it, it, I can see that definitely having a compounding effect to whatever you're feeling. Yeah, I've phoned in sick before and not told the real reason. Yeah, um, many times. Yeah. Not here, no. Not here, just... I'll tell here. you. Yeah, you tell me. That's good. Um, I guess we've, we've danced around it a little bit, but what are the key reasons as to why people don't speak up? Um, it, we've, we've said that the stigma that's potentially attached to it but, but what, else, what else are the reasons, do you yeah. think? Embarrassment. Um, you know, a, a guy out there just said, what are you doing the podcast for? And I said, mental health. And as soon as I said it, I almost felt a little bit flushed, a little bit embarrassed. And I, and, and I had no need to be. But, and, and that's me about to tell the world, you know, 
Um, well, we say the world, it's you know, a small podcast. Absolutely. Right. It'll grow. This, this will go viral, I'm sure. But yeah, you know, it is something that people are ashamed about. And I've been the victim, not the victim, I've been somebody that's seen uh, some, a colleague who we went away on holiday with, with colleagues recently and I saw that they were on the same medication as me. I didn't say anything. And I could have said, oh, are you okay? You know, what's the crack? Do you want to talk? I didn't say anything. And maybe it's a boy thing. It's, you know, is it a lad thing? Is it I'm embarrassed? I don't really know. Yeah. But the best thing that we can do is just front it and say, do you want me to help you? Do you want me to do anything? Can I do anything to help you? Well, we, we've put some initiatives in place at Sensat to, to encourage people to open up and myself who is a bit of a mental health champion internally I feel we could be doing more and I want us to do more and I think the business wants to be doing more as well in your mind you know you've been part of Sensat for a while now how can we do more what what can we do better I think that we've got a, a place of work where if I was in trouble or if I was feeling sad I would be okay with saying it mm. and and I think that's a great thing because I've been at places where I wouldn't be okay at saying it so I think if we can open up the book a bit more mm-hmm. to the um, mental health experience of other people and the people around us etc maybe we can open that book more yeah. it, it's pretty open now but maybe we can spread the pages slightly yeah and I think for me one of the most important aspects from an employer's perspective is about understanding some of these very, very, very common uh, issues that people face um, day in, day out. Uh, avoiding kind of that stigma and the example you gave about uh, they've called in sick, but are they really sick? Um, you know, the severity of mental health is enormous and, and I think it gets downplayed fairly regularly. You know, so somebody says, oh, you know, feel a bit under the weather. A mild case of depression should be treated the same as potentially a broken leg. You know, that's the severity of it. And I don't think people appreciate that. And also the work that we need to do to try and understand that and not be prejudiced towards issues that people face. Um, so h- how do you think in your mind we can educate people more internally at Sensat and also our friends without avoiding kind of stigmas, friends and family? I just think we need to talk a bit more. I just think that's the... I can't think of anything else apart from saying... I'm really struggling today mm. um, and really and really need something today I, I really don't want to come into work come into work have a cup of tea you don't have to come into work but come and speak to me for a bit come in and say hello you know come and stroke the dog whatever you know but get out of bed it's, it's a really difficult because you don't want to get out of bed but if your boss says you need to come into work I can't it's really tough Jamie because I don't really know the answer but the only way that I think I can help other people is by saying okay what do you want me to do how can I help you do you want me to do anything how are you feeling you know what do you, what do you want to do let's not go to the pub but let's go for a walk whatever I don't yeah it's hard because every, it affects everybody in such different ways there's a huge spectrum of it and yeah from depression to anxiety to stress you know it all comes under a mental health bracket but it's a big old bracket Oh, massive. Enormous. Yeah. And I think often, uh, maybe this is part of the issue. We've spoken a lot about depression today and uh, it's not the only thing that people suffer with. You know, there's a plethora of different um, 
different uh, disorders that people will suffer from. And I think that it's not about the employer having to educate themselves on every single one of them, but it's definitely about the employer being more understanding, not adding that area of prejudice. I I think one of the aspects that you've spoken about is um, coping strategies um, that you've brought up. What other, you know, adding structure in is something that's obviously important to you. And you've mentioned, you know, not everything fits everything. You know, you can't put square pegs in round holes. But what other coping strategies can people use on a day-to-day basis? I don't know what other people can use, but for me it is certainly structure. Um, And the thing I read recently, and it's really resonated with me, and it's called The Duck with the Human Mind. Did I show you this? No, you, you haven't. And okay. th- this, is a, this is a classic example of you, though, Jimmy, is that when you say things like this, I don't know whether you're joking or not now. No, it's called the duck with the human mind. Right, okay. Okay. Now, when a duck has a fight right. with another duck, it will have a fight for about five or six seconds with the duck, quite aggressive, um, really lots of energy and, uh, and a very quite dramatic thing to look at. Right. And then what it does is it turns around, they'll both turn around, they'll flap their wings to get rid of the excess energy, and then they will float off and go separate ways. And if that duck had a human mind, they would have the fight, and then the duck would go away, and it would go, that bloody duck, do you see what he did? Do you know, do you see what he did? Oh, I can't believe it, I bet he's planning something else. Oh, what's he going to do next? Is he going to, I bet he's told Karen not to talk to me anymore. Now Karen's going to hate me. Oh God, when I go back, my nest is going to be ruined. That's what the duck would do if it had a human mind, but it doesn't. It turns around, it flaps its wings and it moves along. So what we need to do, and we need to start being right here, right now, in the present moment, flap your wings and move on. It's difficult, it's more easier said than done, but as soon as something happens that upsets me, I really try and resonate with that, just be right here in this very moment. Mm. Yes, that's upset you, but try and bring it back to right here, right now, and that's all that matters is, is being right here. And it's easier said than done. I'll tell you a small example. Last Friday night, um, I was in the pub, and there were four people sat next to us, like uh, two couples, and uh, they took a selfie, and I was messing around, and I put my head in the background, did a little funny face. I was a bit drunk. It's not groundbreaking comedy. I didn't expect it to get the reaction I did, which the bloke got very angry at me. Started calling me effing and jeffing, names under sun. I was just like, okay, calm down. I think you've overreacted a little bit. And he was quite cross. Now, the adrenaline in me started to sort of kick in, and I was a bit thinking, okay, where's this? where could this go? Could this escalate? So I sort of, you know... Pushed, him, pushed it down and sort of said, you know, carry on with your day, you're okay. And so I turned around and started talking again to my friend. I was a bit shaky. And in my head I was saying, okay, right now, this gone, that's gone now. Put your mindset into the present moment right this second. Yeah, he was a bit mad. It was a bit of a crazy reaction. But just try and stay in this moment. And it, it took maybe four or five minutes, but I calmed myself down just by saying that's gone now and now be, now be here. So almost compartmentalizing issues mm-hmm, and then and then grounding yourself the, the two two aspects that and I think that sounds really really interesting and useful uh, for everybody actually. thank you very much you're most welcome well I sincerely hope you don't get into any more selfies as I say fights but selfies um, uh, moving forward and I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you've been able to share your story and thank you for doing that I think it was incredibly powerful incredibly moving it 
in your in your mind is there is there a final thought that you'd like to leave people with well a couple of things um it's okay not to be okay it uh it will pass you know rather ironically now robin williams once said uh suicide is a long-term answer to a short-term problem and i think that's quite a really interesting line and a great thing to remember is that you are loved and everything will be okay it might take a bit of time but just talk to someone please don't do anything silly because i love you that's amazing jimmy thank you so so much you've been amazing um we we should do another one of this uh probably in 12 months time because it'd be great to catch up with you and hear more about your journey um we'll obviously be catching up separately to that if any of our listeners wants to hear more about some of the initiatives we've put in at sensat then please get in contact with us um i believe there'll be some details underneath this um and that just leads me to say goodbye i think harry will be with you next time to go back to the monotonous boring times of harry atkinson but yeah no it'll be it'll be good fun um thanks everyone for listening and we will see you on the next one